Welcome to episode 69 of the RSA Resident and Student Podcast Series, a production of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. RSA is an accessible collaborative organization that fosters innovation, education, and advocacy for residents and students in emergency medicine. In this episode, Melissa Mueller, a medical student at Western University of Health Sciences, College of Osteopathic Medicine of the Pacific, and AEM RSA Education Committee member, speaks with Dr. Stephen Hayden, a professor of clinical emergency medicine who has served as director for the UCSD Emergency Medicine Residency Training Program, is a past president of the Council of of the Residency Directors for Emergency Medicine and is currently the AAEM ex officio board member and the editor of the Journal of Emergency Medicine. Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to AAEM RSA podcast. I'm Melissa Mueller, part of the Education Committee. We're so honored to have Dr. Stephen Hayden here with us today. He completed a general surgery internship at the San Diego Naval Hospital, which was followed by a tour of duty as senior flight surgeon for the Naval Strike Warfare Center at the NAS Fallon, Nevada. He served as medical director for Fallon's High Sierra Search and Rescue Helicopter Unit. Dr. Hayden then completed an emergency medicine residency at the University Hospital of Stony Brook, New York, where he served as chief resident. He is board certified in emergency medicine and undersea and hyperbaric medicine. He joined the faculty at UCSD in 1993, where he has served as the emergency medicine residency program director and subsequently as associate dean for graduate medical education. Dr. Hayden was also the president of CORD in 2002, and he is the editor-in-chief of the Journal of Emergency Medicine. Dr. Hayden, welcome. Thank you. God, that's a mouthful. Sorry (laughs) you had to say all that. Today, we will be covering the topic, Becoming a Leader. Dr. Hayden will be presenting this topic at the AAEM Scientific Assembly this week. Dr. Hayden, why is this topic important to you? Well, I think for me, it's kind of the concept of paying it forward. Uh, I feel I've been very fortunate in my career. I call it mostly luck, really, kind of being in the right place at the right time. But I do believe that in some ways we make our own luck by being open to new things, being ready to seize an opportunity when it comes to you. And so I want to get the message across that most people do not feel ready when, you know, to take on a leadership role when the opportunity occurs. And I just want everyone to know it really is okay. I've kind of made a career of jumping into things probably before I was ready. You're never really going to be ready, but don't let that stop you. Um, Sometimes you just have to take a risk and jump in with both feet. But good people, surround yourself with good people and depend on them to support you. They'll help fill in your weaknesses and then you'll be much more likely to succeed as a team rather than fail on your own. Great. That reminds me of the quote, if you wait until you're ready, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. Exactly right. Couldn't have said it better. (laughs) (laughs) I probably would have been a lot shorter if I did. (laughs) So what characteristics would you say make a good leader? Well, you know, if you ask that question to a lot of people or Google search it, you're going to get answers like integrity, courage, confidence, you know, the ability to delegate, decisive, and all of that. And, And those are definitely important qualities, but I think Most of us don't naturally have that skill set. You really have to develop it. You have to work on it. So I think one of the things that I think leaders do is they actively work to improve their skills. They take a weakness, for example, and make it a strength. tell you just a real short story. Many years ago, when I first got to UCSD, there were faculty there. I mean, Peter Rosen was there. Jim Dunford was there, who was a guru in pre-hospital world. Tom Newman, undersea and hyperbaric medicine. You know, these are the people that are the other faculty. And I'm saying, what do I have to offer my residents, you know, one year from uh, graduating from my program? So ultimately, I decided I'm going to get 
skilled at trying to interpret the most recent literature and bring that into the emergency department, help make clinical decisions based on that. So really evidence-based medicine, but we didn't really call it that back then. This is a long time ago. So I decided I was going to improve my skills in that because in medical school, I had a one-month epidemiology course and it had a open book test at the end. So you imagine how much I retained out of, uh, out of all that. So I found a great course at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, where the fathers, really the people uh, who developed evidence-based medicine were. So long story short, I developed my skills there. Next thing I know, I was asked back to be a tutor the following year. They were very interested in bringing that into emergency medicine. The next thing I know after that, ASEP and SAEM asked me to do a workshop at the annual meeting. And you know, one thing just sort of led to another. Take a weakness, make it a strength. I was able to bring that to my residents and teach my residents in the emergency department uh, a bit better. So that's certainly one thing. I think leaders also are proactive. They're not reactive. They think ahead. And it's not so much about learning how to say no, but rather learning to say yes to the right things. And great leaders really are active listeners, and they seek first to understand and then be understood. It's a lot of important information. What would you say is the difference between someone trying to build independence in learning these new things or becoming interdependent? Right, right. And so I think the first thing as a leader you need to do is to build your own skill set. We talked a little bit about that, taking a weakness, making it a strength, learning how to be proactive and all those things. It's about becoming competent in what you do so that others will follow you when they feel that you're competent to lead them. But interdependence takes things to a higher level. So it's not just about you any longer. Now it's seeking collaboration. It's building a team that can accomplish far more together than you can on your own. So it's finding the win-win situation. And if you had to say there was one key to successful leadership, what is the thing you would put it on the most? Yeah, I well, for me, I can only speak from my own experience. One of the most important things that I've learned is that you you've got to find your own balance point. Being successful in, as a leader just isn't simply about getting the job done. It's about empowering those around you, supporting them, encouraging them, creating an environment where everyone can thrive. But in order to do that, you yourself have to be well balanced. You know, athletes talk about being in the zone and, you know, that sense of awareness that sees beyond what's right in front of you. And I think if you yourself have been able to develop that balance in your life, you can achieve that, that state, that seeing what's going on around you much more often and, and then provide the kind of leadership that um, people need from you. Excellent, yeah. Could you describe Covey's big rock ideology to us? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I use that as an example in the presentations uh, that I give uh, on this. And uh, again, it's probably one of the most important things I learned about time management. So he does this demonstration with a group of students, and he puts out a, a bucket, clear bucket, that uh, he'll fill up with these large rocks. And then he'll turn to the group and say, well, does it look to you like the bucket is filled? And, of course, the students look and say, well, yeah, of course it's filled. Couldn't fit any more big rocks in there. And he goes, ah. And he pulls out a container of much smaller rocks. And, of course, the smaller rocks represent this, you know, the small things that are, are important, you need to do. But, you know, if you don't get one of the rocks in, it really doesn't matter that much. So he pours the small rocks, the pebbles in, and it fills in all around the big rocks. And, then, of course, he asks the students, 
so is the bucket filled now. And they're starting to catch on a little bit. And they say, yeah, we don't think so. And takes out another container with sand and then fills the rest of the bucket up with sand. And of course, now it's completely filled. And really the point of the whole story is if you don't put the big rocks in first then and, and wait till later, uh, many of them won't get in at all. You'll fill that bucket up. In other words, your time, the time that you have, you'll fill it with all the little grains of sand and all the little pebbles that really in the end aren't that important. So choose, prioritize what your big rocks are. Make sure you put them in first. Things, and I got, for example, just one example for me, I, I schedule the time to walk the dogs with my wife. You know, that's one of the really important things for me. And that goes right into my schedule. I build other things in my schedule around that. We talked earlier, I trained uh, in Taekwondo to mm -hmm. get a, a third degree black belt eventually. I made sure that the classes and, and the testing, I always had those off. Those, th those kind of things went into the schedule first, along with my emergency department shifts. Then you fill in the other things, uh, you know, around it, help, helping keep yourself balanced. I'll just lay, end with one more story, which is kind of a fun one. This is, I'll give Peter Rosen uh, credit for this. It's Rosen's troll theory. So we're all surrounded by trolls, the trolls of the world. And you know who, you know who they are. Every time you go into any type of uh, environment, and there's always the people telling what you can't do. So in order to win the game with the trolls, there is actually a scoring system. And so what happens is if you interact with a troll and you win, get what you want, without losing your temper, you get one point. Okay, if you go in and you get what you want from the troll, but in the process lose your temper, you call it a draw. And then of course, if the troll wins, but you don't lose your temper, they get one point. But in the end, if the troll wins and you lose your temper, troll wins, they get two points. So you can see world clearly favors trolls, mm -hmm. with the scoring system. And ultimately, the essence of good leadership is to get the trolls of the world to do what you want without losing your temper, or better yet, make them think it was their idea in the first place. And I've always kind of you know, thought about that uh, when you're having interacting, uh, any interactions with other people, and um, kind of kept me grounded. That's a great way to think about it. Dr. Hayden, do you have any final thoughts for us? Well, we talked earlier about what the characteristics of a good leader are. But I also think that in the end, great leaders have great character, especially in the way that they treat other people. That's also part of the interdependence. Your character is revealed by the manner in which you treat those least important to you. We see that every day in the emergency department with some of the interactions. You never really know who that person is or what they ultimately may do for you. So I think it's important to treat everyone with respect and compassion, treat them the way you want to be treated, and I think that's also how you inspire people. They will be willing to follow you if you're willing to lead. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much for these pearls. It's great that we can have you here to give us some tips and tricks about furthering ourselves to become better leaders. Well, thanks very much for being here. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast brought to you by the American Academy of Emergency Medicine Resident and Student Association. For more information about AEM RSA, visit the website at www.aaemrsa.org. Listen to all podcasts in this series and explore the ways you can get involved with RSA. Join us again next episode for another topic of importance for emergency medicine residents and students.